0: Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 87. Today we're going to be looking at insight. To have the ability to see things clearly. To have the ability to discern. To make the right decisions. And we're looking at a text in the Gospel of John, and it's about the healing of a blind man. But as we go into this text, we'll see how very relevant it is for today, because it's not just about the healing of Bartimaeus' physical sight. It's also about Bartimaeus, the blind man, gaining insight and wisdom as he goes along throughout this whole narrative. And as you know, we all need wisdom and insight, especially during these days, as we continue to shelter in place. But before I tell you about Bartimius, I want to tell you about John Newton. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. The guy who wrote Amazing Grace, you'll recognize the line. Well, this story of the healing of Bartimaeus the blind man, it must have been one of John Newton's favourite stories, possibly because a similar thing happened to him. Now, of course, John Newton wasn't physically blind, but he was certainly spiritually blind. He was blind to the right way of living. He was blind to God's ways and other. Another way of saying it. And what's interesting about Newton is it it took John Newton many, many years to come around to God's way of viewing people and the world. Now, he was born in 1775 and he worked on the slave ships. And the story is that on one particularly bad storm off the coast of Ireland, he had this spiritual awakening. The ship was filling up with water. He called out to God. Some cargo shifted and filled the hole in the ship and they drifted to safety. And this marked the beginning of his faith. He's 23 years old, right? Remember the line, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Now, I'll tell you why I find this fascinating. This next piece, he didn't immediately renounce the slave trade. It wasn't that cut and dry. Most big life changes take a long, long time to work out. So Newton eventually became a pastor in the Church of England. 34 years later, after this awakening, 34 years later, after he retired from the slave trade, He broke his long silence on the subject and he published a pamphlet and he sent it to every member of Parliament. And then he became an ally of Wilberforce who was the leader of the parliamentarian group to abolish slave trade in Britain. Now that all happened in 1807. So... What that means is is that Newton lived to see slavery abolished. However, he's been criticized for his long silence. Why did it take him so long to do the right thing? Why didn't he change faster? What's with the long delay? He's 23 when he has this encounter with God and it takes him 30 plus years to take a public stand on slavery now i think that john newton is showing us how difficult it is really for us to come to terms with jesus teaching it just takes a long time to sink in and if you we're going to be looking at john chapter 9 And it's a story of a healing of a blind man called, his name was Bartimaeus. But it's not simply about physical sight. When you read this whole narrative, and it's long, it's a whole chapter, so, you know, you can read this yourself. It's actually a story about spiritual insight. It's about intuition. It's about discernment. It's about understanding. It's about seeing truth. It's about seeing things as they are, rather than how they appear to be. Wouldn't it be great if we could access a greater wisdom? Wouldn't it be great if we could see clearly and judge accurately? Well, there's a great line from the book of James. Yeah, you can, you can. God generously gives wisdom to seekers. So if you think that you're in need of guidance today, as we all are, right, you will be encouraged by the story of Bartimaeus. It's interesting that wisdom is so often a change in perspective, a change of mind. Now, again, it seems to be the way for many of us takes a long time to change. It takes a long time for us to understand and to give up our old ways of thinking. And it makes sense. I mean, it's not easy if you've thought something your whole life. If you've believed something your whole life to suddenly change and be open to something new, that's going to be difficult. But in the narrative today, the story is... And by the way, there's an interesting... Contrast here. There's two characters in this story. There's the blind man, of course. And I I want you to just think about, as you read this yourself, there's an interesting contrast between the blind man and the religious leaders. The blind man, who eventually gets healed, begins to grow and change, and he gets more understanding as the story goes along. And the religious leaders get spiritually blinder as the story progresses. So you have your spiritual leaders in the story. They get angrier and more hostile and more intolerant. They get more closed down. And then you have this blind man who begins in darkness and sort of moves toward light. He becomes more aware. He becomes more in tune with God. He actually becomes more discerning. So the blind man is the model for us. He's he's our model, Bartimaeus. So here's a little bit of the story. Like I said, it's a whole chapter long, so I can't go through it line by line, but it's in John chapter 9. And the passage tells us that This blind man is begging as was his usual practice every day. And Jesus is walking along with his students and his students ask him, so Jesus, what bad thing did this blind man do to deserve this? And it's the age old question, why do people suffer Jesus? Right? What bad thing did he do, Jesus, to deserve this. So the students are asking, well, it's got to be cause and effect, right? Some Someone has to be blamed. Did he do something or did his parents do something? And Jesus replies, neither, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. Instead of looking for someone to blame, look instead for what God can do. And then he goes on to say, I'm the light. I'm the light. In other words, disciples, your way of thinking about life, your way of thinking about suffering and trials and sickness, it's not helpful. How about making a shift in your thinking and see brokenness and suffering as an opportunity to see God's power. And the narrative goes on to tell us that Jesus spits on the ground, made some mud and puts it on the blind man's eyes. Go wash in the pool, Jesus instructs him. And the blind man did as he was told and he receives a sight. Now this man, just want you to note a couple things in this text that's interesting. This blind man didn't ask for healing. So that would tell us people don't have to ask before God meets them. There's no understanding at the front end of the story that this man had any faith at all for healing. The man doesn't even know who Jesus is at the front end of the story. So just in the first seven lines, it's told us bad things don't happen because God is punishing us. People don't get sick because they've done something morally wrong. Sickness isn't doled out as a divine punishment. And all this would have been something that these first students would be talking about. Because that was, the, that was their cultural understanding 2,000 years ago. And Jesus is coming in and he's saying, no. However you've been taught, however you think about suffering and sickness, is wrong. How about seeing brokenness as an opportunity to see God's power at work? It's quite a thought, isn't it? I mean, it's quite a thought. Basically, what Jesus is doing is he's, he's reframing Suffering and unfairness and sickness and disappointment. In the first seven verses, he's given most of us an entirely new way of thinking about life. Now, I'm going to suggest that for the majority of us, we're going to be like John Newton and it's going to take us a lifetime to grow into this teaching. Imagine if so-called trials and Suffering and tribulation and difficulties could be the vehicle God uses to show us something about ourselves and others and the world. What if this shelter in place could teach us more about sheltering in God and more about loving others? I mean, how far could you press the teaching? How far could you push this? Let me push it further. Could the cross, which is the death of Christ, could the cross, the death of Christ, be the ultimate example of bringing good out of suffering? Could could that be what the cross is showing us? See, the healing of the blind man seems to hint at all of this kind of wondrous truth. The first story, when you read the account, when you just read it through, the first account is is an account of healing. But underneath this is the subtext. And there's more to it than the healing of a blind man 2,000 years ago. It's like Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus brings light to darkness and there's a lot of darkness in the world, right? We don't always see ourselves and others and the circumstances we find ourselves in facing the light. Yeah. we can, we can read things in that are not true. We can read th- we can assume things that are not true. The disciples, such a classic example. Well, he must have done something to deserve this. Who can we blame? No. It's not helpful, Jesus said. You need a different perspective. It's all about a different way of thinking. Different way of looking at a situation. And in this particular story, the healed man. Gradually, gradually gains insight and perspective about who Jesus is. And at first, he doesn't know much. His neighbors ask him in verse nine, "How can you see? How is it that you can see now?" He said, "This man Jesus put mud in my eyes." Verse eleven. And then the religious leaders who dislike Jesus, who are completely hostile to his radical, unorthodox ways of viewing God, the religious leaders who dislike him, say come up to the Bartimaeus and say, who healed you? And he says, this Jesus did. He's a prophet, verse 17. And then later on in the story, Jesus approaches Bartimaeus a second time. And in verse 38, Bartimaeus calls him Lord. And I and, and just point that out because as time goes on, Bartimaeus gets more insight and his perspective changes. He starts off in the dark and he ends up in the light. He becomes more open to thinking about things in new ways. The religious leaders, by the way, are the opposite. They're completely unwilling to change their minds, they are locked into their old ways of thinking. They're rigid in their thinking. They're unable to bend. They're inflexible. The end result of that is control and fear. It's all fear-based. Fear-based thinking. And in the story, they take the path of hostility. They get angrier. They get darker. They get more frustrated as time goes on. So it's like, rather than spend time asking why or what if, what will happen, Jesus is teaching, a better question is, where's God in this? Where's God in this? And you will see God work in people who look toward the light. This is where you will see the glory of God. Now, even to be able to ask this question, you know, um, where is God in this? Even to be able to to ask this question takes a huge shift because all the defences have to be lowered. It's like, God, would you have me change the way I'm thinking about this time? Am I seeing things in the right light? Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Give me a glimpse of a better way of viewing My situation at this moment in time. Help me to walk by faith and not by sight. Help me to walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, faith, I think, is very, very practical. It's very practical. It doesn't have to be um, massively difficult. Faith is things like limit the amount of time you listen to the news. We don't want to be ignorant, but neither we don't want to be filled with fear. We want to walk by faith, reach out to another person in whatever way. It could be a phone call, it could be an email, it could be a text. It could be helping someone get groceries that can't get groceries. It helps you as well as the other. It could be going outside and planting something. It could be singing in amazing grace. That's what faith looks like. Faith is doable. It's doable. Yes, we're sheltering in place. But of equal importance, we're sheltering in God. Who is well able to give us new insight and new perspective. A new way of viewing our present distress. And there's the heart cry. There's the heart cry. Open my eyes that I might see you work in the midst of this time. Help me, God, to walk by faith and not by sight. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.